0: it is so nice to see you again um I really appreciate (laughs) you taking time out to come and talk to me and just you know tell me a little bit more about you and your story and your journey to where you know just to where you've gotten right now because I think our audience would be really interested and cheat sure. and maybe even a little impressed. <laughs> I know <laughs> I am. <laughs> thank you. So it's nice to be here. Thank you so much. So why thank don't you, you go ahead and you know just tell us a little bit about you and your story. And yeah. and actually I don't even like to call it your story, you know, because it's not like it's a reality scripted thing and this isn't your story we're going to make a movie or something just it's it's more like a journey because like you started somewhere and then you've been technically been around the world (laughs) almost haven't i haven't lived in
1: every continent but i've lived in a few (laughs) so sure i i mean where do i start i i guess Knowing that uh, you know the interest is around traveling and moving to new countries. I think for me, I am the daughter of a Scottish man, an Italian mother who was raised in Brazil. So I spent a, probably the first 20 years of my life trying to figure out where I fit in because I was born in England and then raised in Canada. And I have the distinction of immigrating to Canada three times. So between all of these different, I was always like, oh, do I fit in with Brazilian culture because that always felt great when I would visit and then but I look Scottish and then I you know I would in England they thought I was American because of my voice and then in Canada they didn't think I was Canadian so I never really felt I always became a traveler as a seeker to where is home where do I belong mm. uh, and that was what really <coughs> propelled that first 20 years until I started to get into self-development work and realize that wherever you go there you are and that really drove probably the next 20 years I would say Um, When I graduated in Toronto with my undergrad degree, I moved to France and I lived there for a couple of years. That's probably the place that I felt the most home because we could all agree I wasn't French. So that was, (laughs) that felt like, and Paris is a city where I lived that is very international. So um, most of the people I navigated with were, uh, were foreign born and making that their home. So I think that was the first time I experienced it doesn't matter the culture uh, feeling and and then I moved to London and worked there. I've had a career that began in London and lasted until two years ago in brand strategy, marketing, communications, and PR. So I've always navigated in that kind of world, and that was a beautiful world to be in because it you know when you're working with big brands, especially global brands, you get to travel. You I've got to work in Brazil. France again, the US, uh, I went to India. And so that was a, a way for me to travel without having to live in uh, all places. And so that was a I'm really proud of that career of, of you know what I built until I started to get bored. So um, I would say, probably as far back as 2011, I knew that I had hit a, a senior level. And it was the climb in a career is really exciting you go to you know the next step and then this especially pr it's like you're the senior account manager then you're the junior manager then you so there was a lot of like you work hard you get the next title you get it's almost like a game of tetris right and i think i got to the top title and went well what's next because it 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 was, there was no more of the achievement. It was more of the same. The volume started to come in. So, oh, you're really good at this. Let's give you, you know, at one point, I think I had 31 accounts and 64 staff. And it, there's always some fire you're dealing with. Right. Uh, and it was wonderful. It's creative work. You would wit- well, won a lot of awards for the creative work. So it was a great high-paced environment. But I was doing the same thing over and over. So I got to Canada. And just after my 40th birthday, I realized that I had come to Canada originally in 2011 thinking, I'm going to freelance, I'm going to travel the world. I'd even booked um, places in Argentina, Bermuda, and Florence. Those were the three. I was going to live and work. And I even had a client set up. And then a job came that was another senior position that was really good money. And it was like, I'll just do it for two years. And that took like almost 10 years.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> but I can relate. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: just, it's hard to leave a corporate job, the security of it. And then you get things like a mortgage. So you want to work to, So it becomes a bit of a cycle, right? The, right. A you know, consumer so cycle. You,
0: exactly. You want to sustain the mortgage. You want to sustain the roof your head and then you get used to the lifestyle so you get comfortable I got
1: comfortable yeah and it was you know you can distract yourself with um, material things or even I would fly out to yoga courses or, or and things so I'd be in a meeting and then you know on a beach 24 hours later in Costa Rica and that was kind of where I was getting pockets of what I felt like uh, as me, the the real me, until my 40th birthday, when I was realizing I was getting comfortable and I was hiding. So I wrote on a piece of paper, like, why can't you be brave? And it was like a download came. And after I wrote that, I outlined what would it look like for me to be brave. And that actually led to me creating a series of questions and a process uh, that was what would it look like for me to leave? Because I realized the mortgage was a big thing. So, right. well, you know, how do I deal with that? Because everything is possible. You just need to give yourself the space to create it. So, I realized I could have a renter, which would solve that issue. And then I, you know, I I don't have to live there. So, where would I go? Can I live with family as I build up this business that I always wanted to work and live uh, everywhere in the world? And so I started to just like take each thing that was a problem and break it down. And that process then became a journal that I actually sold. And that became the product um, that led me to leave my corporate job. So it was called the Brave Journal. I sold it from 2018 until this year. And then uh, through that process, I was able to, what actually ended up happening was a series of coaches purchased the journal. And I kind of knew what a coach was, but not I didn't really understand the, the industry and um, particularly a couple coaches in the Netherlands. So I, I went and took a trip to the Netherlands back in late 2019 and watched them use my journal. They had uh, one of their clients was a, a senior leader at Shell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and, and there was a set of several HR companies that were using this journal. And it was it's, it was a goal based journal, like working on one thing with intention for 70 days to really move a goal along. And. I sat with them for about five days. They were awesome. They took me into their business. They explained how they use it as part of a larger thing. And then I went back and went, if these guys can make a business using my tool, I can do this. So I went back and I quit. And I worked with my CEO on what it would look like for me to transition out. And I left in February 2020, the month before the global pandemic not the best timing but <laughs> but it it ended up working out really well for me um because all i could do was work on the business and just give it the love and attention i'd never given it before so it was i just sat at my desk and i put my head down for a few months and i built a business i brought in clients i attracted in um Uh, I I invested in coaching Uh, I joined a program that no longer exists sadly but Preston Smiles who is our shared coach um, had a a program to sell uh, teach you how to sell as a coach so I joined that because I got to understand how to make sales and through that they ended up buying the journals and uh, using it in the program so people who join and then I joined their team Uh, for a period and help them consult uh, on the operations, because that's what I ended up doing. So that's what I'd done in my corporate career, um, really building up teams. And so it was, for me, I didn't know it was possible to have my corporate life all of the comforts of it uh, in a an environment where i feel felt like i was serving for the greater good i was working on brands i really cared about i was supporting coaches that were doing good work into the world and teaching them my business skill set to actually make their own money uh, and ultimately through transformation work so this all happened um, by following this itch and ultimately led me to now live in the us the reason I don't sell the journal anymore is cuz I have closed down that business it was canadian based which is where i had been for the last 10 years and now i have a totally new life in a different country
0: <laughs> again so let me ask you a question about sure. building the business <clears throat> having a successful business and then selling the business cuz To me, that sounds like starting all over again, but it also sounds like a major loss because this is something that, you know, it was an idea, it grew, you birthed it, you raised it, Yeah, and then tell us about that. Yeah, it is.
1: So what ended up happening is through the company I consulted with, I met uh, Bob. in Canada for the last couple of years, our borders were closed. So, you know, someone was going to have to make a trip. I came over to the U.S. and spent a couple of months with him. And then we've been traveling for the last 14 months until April, uh, where we ended up in Chicago. We had our family both visiting and meeting our parents. And then we were like, you know what, let's just get married. So we did. Uh, And then that triggered, oh, well, if we're getting married, now you can't leave because if you leave, you have to start the immigration process into the U.S. from Canada, which is means that we would be apart for long periods of time. And uh, we learned that, no, you can actually do it from the US, the two of you being together, but it would mean that you cannot work if you're going to do that. So that triggered a whole series of grieving. The first was, well, I have to, if I I'm no longer near my family, because I had been, I had left England to come back and spend time with my, my family. My sister was Um, pregnant and you know I missed the birth of my my nephew and all of that was a grieving process then there was hey you should really change your name uh, if you're going to start the green card process and use your married name in the U.S. oh so now I'm Vanessa Valencia I'm no longer Vanessa McDonald that was a second grieving process Mm. then it was you got to shut down your business uh, because you you can continue to run a Canadian business tax-wise, but if you're sitting in the state of Illinois, you would it, it would trigger tax in Illinois, which is where I'm based, as well as tax in Canada. And you can't run it for three or four months be- until the, um, the you are g- given the right to work here. So it just seemed really complicated. The easier thing was to shut down that business. And that was the business that gave me my freedom uh, to travel and it – it was it's called courage creator so i had to grieve the courage that i had back in 2018 to register that company build a, what what became a profitable business and trust that i can do that again in the u.s uh, when i am able to do so so all of it has been uh, a summer of a lot of grieving and that's something that when you get married people don't talk about that you're you grieve the version of you that no longer even if it's wonderful and happy and you're thrilled there is a grieving process Mm -hmm. so I've felt that uh between that and then the business there I've really been in a process of that I've been calling surrender uh, because this is what life is presenting and I have to trust that this is happening for a greater reason I'm building a body to Take on different sk- skills, different opportunities that will be coming my way, and trusting that you know the universe, God, however you want to think about it, has always provided. I've always had a roof over my head. I've always been safe, and that will happen again. It's just going to look different than it did the first forty years, and that is as much as I can say. That I'm also mentally like, but I just need to be involved in the decisions. So right. it's, it it is it is a definite. Um, there's a sad quality to shedding an identity
0: uh, that i have definitely experienced over the last few months so what what is getting you through this what is getting you through this whole grieving process yeah uh, it's uh, two things
1: one is there at the very beginning um in addition to all of this, I had uh, learned I was pregnant, so that was another grieving—a grieving process that started with, of like, oh my god, how can I do this away from my mother? How you could I, I, and what I started to really spin and freak out because even navigating a different healthcare system. And what stopped at that time was this: a moment where I would put my hand on my heart and go, "I am a safe," and just telling myself I am safe was enough to stop the emotional dysregulation. And I've continued that process. As as things have happened in life, I'm like, you know what? I am safe. I am safe. And I will use that now as a daily uh, affirmation just to remind myself, like, it's okay. You're going to be okay. That's been a key thing. The second thing is serving. Because if you cannot work and you have a skill set, you can sit at home or you can support people uh, in, in the way that you're able to. So, I have uh, been giving free systems coaching calls to anybody who has a business or is a coach that something that like maybe they wouldn't have been able to work with me if uh, if I still had the business because it was too expensive, but I can do this for free and I can serve and and that's what I've done. I have a goal to do 215. I've done 155 so far wow. and <laughs> I want to finish them uh, by December 1st. and, and it, it's just like, okay, well, I have the time. And then I'm also able to work with all kinds of different businesses right now by doing it. So I'm giving the advice for free. Uh, it's, su- it supports me because it's giving it's keeping me busy in in service. Uh, and so that that's those two things have been how I've, I've really spent my uh, time over the last few months. So
0: okay, so I heard a couple things. So you put your hand on your chest, and mm-hmm. you say, I'm safe. Yeah. And then you put yourself in service, which I think is phenomenal, um, not only for you, but for the people who are getting your service. But the one thing I'm wondering is if you're actually having enough time to feel your feelings and to actually go through the grieving process, because I know sometimes when things come up and I can only speak for myself, but I know sometimes when things come up, it is so easy to delve into other people and to make myself busy Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to actually deal with my feelings or sit or, and I can't, I don't even know if it's a deal with, but just sit in and really just feel them realize it's okay to not be okay. And just, Feel shitty for a minute (laughs) and as as it's working through my body Mm -hmm. so how are you doing how am I doing that
1: so have you ever heard of the 15 commitments no it's a book that um it's a leadership book it's uh about conscious leadership and there is a process described within this within this book uh that is essentially feel your feelings all the way through and it is giving you space to because sometimes you wake up and you feel a little bit off right or something hurts and you don't you know just sometimes it is usually a feeling that's trapped so i've this is a process that both my husband and i he's the one who taught me this um, being an executive coach as well and that we use regularly and sometimes we guide each other through sometimes i just do it and it is literally like what is it is what is the base level of feeling that i have and what needs to be released so if i am feeling that something or a feeling a little bit off I'll create the space for it and the truth is especially when you're in the grieving process there have been many mornings where you're like I just need to cry or I just need to shout and all of those uh it it, when when you hold it in you're holding it in for you know the whole day you're grumpy when you just give yourself a five minute space it's released you can move on so that is part of my morning practice and has been for A while, but it was something I did not know uh, before getting into my own self-development, becoming a coach myself to to really give the space, like you said, to feel your feelings all the way through.
0: (laughs) Well, that's good because, you know, I know that there's so many people out there, and maybe somebody's listening right now who's going through something and Mm -hmm. doesn't have a clue how to go through it in a way that, I don't know, it's almost like catch and release, (laughs) you know, it's like, I can catch that feeling. I can sit with it, acknowledge it and release it, but actually have kindness and process to go through.
1: Yeah. I find this process is very, um, it's very powerful in that it, it just allows you to sit with the feelings, go, do you accept them? Do you allow them? You know, and then actually just be cognizant that you that you might be feeling off and just allow the process to be there um, through the coach training that I've had I particularly picked a somatic brace training through Elementum um, and the reason for that was because a lot of the professional coach trainings the um, the, the ICF the um, the certifying board for for coaches it's all mind work and I right. actually feel in my own journey that that was, I'm good at that. My mind can do the things. And I think that's true for most of us. We can, you know, we've got our to-do list, we can get out in the world. But what I hadn't really ever created was the ability to live from the neck down. Right. And so I the frustration of writing the journal was just because I knew I I got it out through words and then I could take action. But there was still then a whole level of things that I had to just feel and release. And you know, it's even not so much even the the grieving process, but the joy because you, when you're not allowing your body to actually be in emotion, you don't also celebrate the joy. So the right. more I can like go there on the crying and the releasing, the more of the joy I feel. And you just have a bigger, more colorful life by allowing yourself to feel. And that's, that was the biggest part of my own uh, healing journey, I would say over the last two or three years, just it's safe to feel my feelings, really.
0: Okay, so that is worth repeating in case anybody missed it. (laughs) It is safe Mm -hmm. to feel my feelings because that part, you know, that's the part that I think is so difficult for some people because you even mentioned joy and Mm -hmm. how some people are not comfortable feeling joy or expressing joy or being around people who can feel and express joy because Mm -hmm. they're like, well how can you be joyous or happy so much of the time? That means you must be hiding something. Like, uh, no, it could just mean that I am happy (laughs) expressing. But because I don't know if it's that we're living in a culture that is so addicted to drama that they can't recognize, feel, and express joy or be comfortable around it in others. But I think that's also something that's really important to point out that on the spectrum of feeling, you get to feel all of it. Mm-hmm.
1: For sure. And I, I can't speak to another person's journey. I know for me, the idea of feeling even sad or really feeling into the frustration when I was in a corporate job was if I let myself go there, I'm going to fall apart and I I need to be just who I am for the 30 people i was managing i need to be a certain way for my clients so i wouldn't have allowed myself to go there because it just felt like i'm going to fall apart and then Uh what happens you know i got a mortgage to carry i got a rent to pay like all of that stuff right so the the learning to trust that it's safe to feel my feelings was it's a learned process because we're taught the opposite as children we're taught you know don't cry be good all all of so we, we become closer so close to ourselves, right? We guard it because that's what you're supposed to do in polite society. And I think the addiction to drama is, this is my hazard of a guess, but the idea that you're feeling it through someone else's experience, you're observing it, and then it creates that visceral reaction internally, because that's one of the few ways that most of us get to feel something. So learning to actually feel your feelings, that was part of my healing, because it was like, can I actually allow this? Can I accept what's here? And rather than trying to push it down, can I appreciate it? Because it's probably trying to tell me something. Right. So those, you know, and, and it was just giving it the space, like, what what's going on? You know, it's safe. You, you, you can tell me. You got a headache. What's the headache about? Did you not have enough caffeine? Are, are you, is the tension around something? Is your throat bothering you because you didn't say what you needed to say? Like All of those things were just giving your body space to be your friend it sounds out there and it's actually very practical because right. then you what ha, what i found the, the most practical piece of giving that space was i ultimately have more energy than i had before
0: oh wow okay
1: you sleep better you have more energy because you're not like spending all this like we have a limited amount of megahertz that we have operating you know between the body breathing and and pumping blood through our hearts if you're holding all of that in, all that emotion, that's like, it's exhausting. And so
0: getting it out has
1: allowed a little bit more of ease in my life.
0: Wow. That that sounds, well, to me, like, actually, I'm going to use the word profound. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because it's not something that we look at and examine on a regular basis, right? So mm-hmm. if you could actually... Tell us again the name of the book, and no, neither one of us are getting anything from this book, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I think that for anyone listening, it could be a good start to a process to start, you know, feeling.
1: Yeah, it's The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, and it's a book by um, Jim Detmer, D-H, D-T-H-M-E-R, and Diane Chapman. And okay. you can probably find it on Amazon. And it, it was just this—the de- process of feeling your feelings—is described in this in this book. Uh, it's also described by. I've seen other coaches talk about it. There's a lot of people. I think it's one of those subjects now that's becoming popular: emotional <laughs> dysregulation and how to emotionally regulate yourself. So there are, you know, that you can look that up on a hashtag on Instagram, and you'll see people talking about those practices. I personally like their process the most because it's very practical. You identify your feeling. You, I actually described just earlier, they have three questions that you, once you identify, you locate it in your body, you, you kind of give it space, you breathe into it and then you literally do the allow, appreciate, um, allow, accept, appreciate. That's their three questions that you ask. And then you, physically feel it. Like, does it need to shout? Does it need to come out in a woo? Does it need to like do 10 jumping jacks? Give the feeling space to go through in the body. And then there is wisdom in the feeling. So for example, if, you know, what were we talking about earlier? Let's say there's anger, some of the things that didn't work out. So anger is a feeling that is something is no longer of service. So what is not aligned? If, if you've identified you have a feeling of anger, and, and you know that that's the definition of it. Often, what will come up is being like, you know what? I'm doing this thing that's pissing me off because I don't really believe in it, but I have to show up at work at this meeting at 8 a.m. and it's a waste of our time. So, just the identification that that's why you were pissed off means right. that you, you know what it is versus like, I'm annoyed and I'm going to shout at my husband this morning because I'm annoyed. But it's not about him, it's about that thing. Right. And, and so, it was, I found this process very practical because it was able for, for me to know, why do I feel icky? And oh, icky is actually not, you've, it's going down to the most base level of the feeling. It's like, no, I'm feeling icky because I have anger or I'm sad. Uh, and, you know, sadness is what needs to be let go of. It's a boundary issue. So I can just acknowledge, you know what, I'm sad because that journal was the thing that got me out into the world and uh, i'm putting it, it it to bed and i am sad that i'm not no longer selling it and also i'm really grateful for what it did in my life so you know blessing release but it was just identifying that's why i'm sad not i'm sad because i'm sad all the time and this is now my personality and i'm always going to be sad which right. i think we sometimes really identify with whatever we wake up feeling right uh, so just for me the separation of it made it was just such a powerful uh, realization
0: well, and I, I like the practical aspect of it because sometimes it's also been hard for me to live. to Actually, it's, it, it, I, I can't say live from from the neck down. It's, it's more of a commingling of the yeah. head and the body so yeah. that they're playing well together and that they're mm. friends. Yeah. But something practical, to have a practical process for some people, I think is the way to go, because if you think logically and you move in that space, mm-hmm. then something practical might be better than something that is a little, well, a little less practical, you yeah. know. So yeah, you have you. you-
1: Work with what where you are, you know, and it, 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 for me, the logical approach made sense. There's a lot of people get up and do ecstatic dance in the morning and they move their hips and they and they get out and they just release through that way. And that's awesome. That ain't me. I am never <laughs> going to get up. And like, it's just not who I am. So maybe at some point in the future. But right now, like this logical approach for me to give space to to make me, myself feel better, that feels really good. And, and if for others, it might be that they get up and they go to the beach and they, they stretch or they put sun on their face for five minutes. It's like, how do you change your state so that you realize that you are not your feeling? And that's really what this is
0: about. Right. you yes. got to find the one that works for you. Exactly. And, and that's really why I wanted to put it out there. So anybody <laughs> who's listening, it's not this or that. It can be this and that. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is for you that's the best, that's the best way to go. Yeah. You know, because I think there's so, there's so much information out there that sometimes it's hard to narrow it down to what's really going to work for me mm-hmm. and what's going to work for me without somebody else making me wrong for doing it that way. Yeah. So, yeah, I just love that, you know, now we're, we have actually covered both because yeah, some people, a static dance is going to be their jam. and that that's it now i love to dance but when it i just sometimes just break out and dance in my house like i will dance to my microwave because i'm weird Uh (laughs) (laughs) i love that
1: but (laughs) that's just
0: that's your thing that's like what makes you
1: you I love that that's that you have like a thing that makes you dance
0: (laughs) you know so but like I'll hear different sounds It's like oh yeah or you know I'll just break out and I'll start dancing for just because for no particular reason but it's not like I've made a conscious effort to do a thing (laughs) Yeah, it's just my at that point I guess my body just wants to move so I move it yeah um so, but that I love to bring it back to consciousness. To now, I've actually started noticing when I'm doing this. It's like, oh, you know, she just broke out yeah. and dance for no reason. It's it's, like, yeah. it's <laughs> like kids. If you if the best teachers of this are children, right?
1: You watch them; they're like freaking out. You see someone on the pavement like flipping out, and then five minutes later, the child is fine because they release whatever feeling they have through their body, right? So that's if you actually look at them as the teachers, and the same in the animal world an animal will shake off fear. And it's, it's the same thing, like shake it off. We have that ability, but we in polite society have learned that no, you know, you don't do that. Right. So you, you have to figure out how is it work for you where you feel safe to do it too. I wouldn't advocate for someone to run out into the road if that feels totally unsafe for them <laughs> right. um, to, to do. But it's <laughs> like, how, how do you feel good in just giving space to feel what is going on in your body?
0: Yeah, that, that is so important. And actually being conscious about it takes it to another level because yeah. you can, you're probably, a lot of people are probably doing some of these things anyway, exactly. yeah. and they don't realize that they're doing them. Yeah. So once you're conscious about it, it's like when you ring that bell, you can't unring it. So now, you know, you're, you notice. Yeah. And I think a lot of life is really about noticing because sometimes we're just so focused on autopilot.
1: Mm -hmm. and we just
0: don't notice what's going on around us
1: you can't heal what you're not aware of so you know and i know if i think about the version of me that was 10 years ago was working in a corporate job uh, had a nice apartment all of that when i felt down i would shop. oh these shoes will make me feel better and i wasn't aware that what i was actually doing was trying to numb a frustration so the little dopamine hit of the thing or the little coffee or whatever i was getting that those it's the same thing I was doing the same thing I was just doing it in a numbing way and uh, so now I'm conscious like hey you can still buy those shoes online you can still get that little latte at the, the corner store that's all part of life except if I'm if I'm doing it because I'm trying to mask something I'm now just a little bit more conscious because I've created a way of space uh, in in my own being that like you know what what you actually need to do is Feel your feelings. Then go get the coffee. Then go get the shoes or whatever. But at least you're giving the space for your for yourself to be more authentically you versus basking down what's going on and trying right. to you know, numb it with you know Netflix or whatever people whatever our thing is. Right. It's all welcome. But like you said, the consciousness
0: of it is what's so powerful. Well, it has been such a pleasure being with you today. Um, yeah, and I. I sh- I'm umming, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Again, trying to stay within the rules of good conversation. Right? And that's, I guess that's another thing too, is how many of us are willing to break the rules that have been given to us rather than the ones that we've created. So yeah. yes, I just broke the speech rule with the ums. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> and when you break
1: the rules, you give other people permission to to break them too. And and that's I think where our power as the collective lies.
0: Yeah, that that's powerful too. Because if you like you said, you're actually giving permission to open open the door yeah. for the something As long as we're not
1: hurting or or somehow by being us hurting another human, then we're within play. You know, we're we're in the opportunity to to be truly ourselves. Um, so I, I think your um is not hurting anybody (laughs) what i mean basically
0: (laughs) but what i would love because we're always going with that is when you are able to be working and coaching and doing your thing and putting your programs together i would love to have you back again so you could talk about that put it out into the world and let somebody be blessed by what you have to offer because you have got so much to offer and so i can't wait until you can just put it all out there (laughs) yeah thank you so much i would love that so yeah that would be really awesome to come back yeah that would be awesome thank you so much for being with us pleasure thank you